Chapter Five of The Trespasser. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Martin Geeson. The Trespasser by D. H. Lawrence. Chapter Five. They found the fire burning brightly in their room. The only other person in the pretty, stiffly furnished cottage was their landlady, a charming old lady, who let this sitting-room more for the change, for the sake of having visitors, than for gain. Helena introduced Siegmund as my friend. The old lady smiled upon him. He was big and good-looking, and embarrassed. She had had a son years back, and the two were lovers she hoped they would come to her house for their honeymoon siegmund sat in his great horsehair chair by the fire while helena attended to the lamp glancing at him over the glowing globe she found him watching her with a small peculiar smile of irony and anger and bewilderment he was not quite himself her hand trembled so she could scarcely adjust the wicks. Helena left the room to change her dress. I shall be back before Mrs. Curtis brings in the tray. There is the Nietzsche I brought. He did not answer as he watched her go. Left alone, he sat with his arms along his knees, perfectly still. His heart beat heavily and all his being felt sullen, watchful, aloof, like a balked animal. Thoughts came up in his brain like bubbles, random, hissing out aimlessly. Once, in the startling inflammability of his blood, his veins ran hot, and he smiled. When Helena entered the room, his eyes sought hers swiftly, as sparks lighting on the tinder, but her eyes were only moist with tenderness. His look instantly changed. She wondered at his being so silent, so strange. Coming to him in her unhesitating, womanly way, she was only twenty-six to his thirty-eight, she stood before him, holding both his hands and looking down on him with almost gloomy tenderness. She wore a white dress that showed her throat, gathering like a fountain jet of solid foam to balance her head. He could see the full white arms passing clear through the dripping spume of lace towards the rise of her breasts but her eyes bent down upon him with such gloom of tenderness that he dared not reveal the passion burning in him. He could not look at her. He strove, almost pitifully, to be with her sad, tender, but he could not put out his fire. She held both his hands firm pressing them in appeal for her dream-love. He glanced at her wistfully, then turned away. She waited for him, 
she wanted his caresses and tenderness he would not look at her you would like supper now dear she asked looking where the dark hair ended and his neck ran smooth under his collar to the strong setting of his shoulders just as you will he replied still she waited and still he would not look at her something troubled him she thought he was foreign to her i will spread the cloth then she said in deep tones of resignation she pressed his hands closely and let them drop he took no notice but still with his arms on his knees he stared into the fire in the golden glow of lamplight she set small bowls of white and lavender sweet peas and mignonette upon the round table he watched her moving saw the stir of her white sloping shoulders under the lace and the hollow of her shoulders firm as marble and the slight rise and fall of her loins as she walked he felt as if his breast were scalded it was a physical pain to him supper was very quiet helena was sad and gentle he had a peculiar enigmatic look in his eyes between suffering and mockery and love he was quite intractable he would not soften to her but remained there aloof he was tired and the look of weariness and suffering was evident to her through his strangeness in her heart she wept at last she tinkled the bell for supper to be cleared meanwhile restlessly she played fragments of wagner on the piano will you want anything else asked the smiling old landlady nothing at all thanks said helena with decision oh then i think i will go to bed when i've washed the dishes you will put the lamp out dear i am well used to a lamp smiled helena we use them always at home she had had a day before siegmund's coming in which to win mrs curtis's heart and she had been successful the old lady took the tray good night dear good night sir i will leave you you will not be long dear no we shall not be long Mr. McNair is very evidently tired out. Yes, yes, it is very tiring, London. When the door was closed, Helena stood a moment undecided, looking at Siegmund. He was lying in his armchair in a dispirited way, and looking into the fire. As she gazed at him with troubled eyes, he happened to glance to her with the same dark curiously searching disappointed eyes shall i read to you she asked bitterly if you will he replied he sounded so indifferent she could scarcely refrain from crying she went and stood in front of him looking down on him heavily what is it dear she said you 
he replied smiling with a little grimace why me he smiled at her ironically then closed his eyes she slid into his arms with a little moan he took her on his knee where she curled up like a heavy white cat she let him caress her with his mouth and did not move but lay there curled up and quiet and luxuriously warm he kissed her hair which was beautifully fragrant of itself and time after time drew between his lips one long keen thread as if he would ravel out with his mouth a vigorous confusion of hair his tenderness of love was like a soft flame lapping her voluptuously after a while they heard the old lady go upstairs helena went very still and seemed to contract siegmund himself hesitated in his love-making all was very quiet they could hear the faint breathing of the sea presently the cat which had been sleeping in a chair rose and went to the door shall i let her out said siegmund do said helena slipping from his knee she goes out when the nights are fine siegmund rose to set free the tabby hearing the front door open mrs curtis called from upstairs is that you dear i have just let kitty out said siegmund ah thank you good night they heard the old lady lock her bedroom door helena was kneeling on the hearth siegmund softly closed the door then waited a moment his heart was beating fast shall we sit by firelight he asked tentatively yes if you wish she replied very slowly as if against her will he carefully turned down the lamp then blew out the light his whole body was burning and surging with desire the room was black and red with firelight helena shone ruddily as she knelt a bright bowed figure full in the glow now and then red stripes of firelight leapt across the walls siegmund his face ruddy advanced out of the shadows he sat in the chair beside her leaning forward his hands hanging like two scarlet flowers listless in the fire-glow near to her as she knelt on the hearth with head bowed down one of the flowers awoke and spread towards her it asked for her mutely she was fascinated scarcely able to move come he pleaded softly she turned lifted her hands to him the lace fell back and her arms bare to the shoulder shone rosily he saw her breasts raised towards him her face was bent between her arms as she looked up at him afraid lit by the firelight in her white clinging dress cowering between her uplifted arms 
she seemed to be offering him herself to sacrifice in an instant he was kneeling and she was lying on his shoulder abandoned to him there was a good deal of sorrow in his joy it was eleven o'clock when helena at last loosened siegmund's arms and rose from the armchair where she lay beside him she was very hot feverish and restless for the last half hour he had lain absolutely still with his heavy arms about her making her hot if she had not seen his eyes blue and dark she would have thought him asleep she tossed in restlessness on his breast am i not uneasy she had said to make him speak he had smiled gently it is wonderful to be as still as this he said she had lain tranquil with him then for a few moments to her there was something sacred in his stillness and peace she wondered at him he was so different from an hour ago how could he be the same now he was like the sea blue and hazy in the morning musing by itself before he was burning volcanic as if he would destroy her she had given him this new soft beauty she was the earth in which his strange flowers grew but she herself wondered at the flowers produced of her he was so strange to her so different from herself what next would he ask of her what new blossom would she rear in him then he seemed to grow and flower involuntarily she merely helped to produce him helena could not keep still her body was full of strange sensations of involuntary recoil from shock she was tired but restless all the time siegmund lay with his hot arms over her himself so incomprehensible in his base of blue open-eyed slumber she grew more breathless and unbearable to herself at last she lifted his arm and drew herself out of the chair siegmund looked at her from his tranquillity she put the damp hair from her forehead breathed deep almost panting then she glanced hauntingly at her flushed face in the mirror with the same restlessness she turned to look at the night the cool dark watery sea called to her she pushed back the curtain the moon was wading deliciously through shallows of white cloud beyond the trees and the few houses was the great concave of darkness the sea and the moonlight the moon was there to put a cool hand of absolution on her brow shall we go out a moment siegmund she asked fretfully ay if you wish to 
he answered altogether willing he was filled with an easiness that would comply with her every wish they went out softly walked in silence to the bay there they stood at the head of the white living moon-path where the water whispered at the casement of the land seductively it's the finest night i have seen said siegmund helena's eyes suddenly filled with tears at his simplicity of happiness i like the moon on the water she said i can hardly tell the one from the other he replied simply the sea seems to be poured out of the moon and rocking in the hands of the coast they are all one just as your eyes and hands and what you say are all you yes she answered thrilled this was the segment of her dream and she had created him yet there was a quiver of pain he was beyond her now and did not need her i feel at home here he said as if i had come home where i was bred she pressed his hand hard clinging to him we go an awful long way round helena he said just to find we're all right he laughed pleasantly i have thought myself such an outcast how can one be outcast in one's own night and the moon always naked to us and the sky half a time in rags what do we want helena did not know nor did she know what he meant but she felt something of the harmony whatever i have or haven't from now he continued the darkness is a sort of mother and the moon a sister and the stars children and sometimes the sea is a brother and there's a family in one house you see and i siegmund she said softly taking him in all seriousness she looked up at him piteously he saw the silver of tears among the moonlit ivory of her face his heart tightened with tenderness and he laughed then bent to kiss her the key of the castle he said he put his face against hers and felt on his cheek the smart of her tears it's all very grandiose he said comfortably but it does for to-night all this that i say it is true for ever she declared in so far as to-night is eternal he said he remained with the wetness of her cheek smarting on his looking from under his brows at the white transport of the water beneath the moon they stood folded together gazing into the white heart of the night end of chapter 5 recording by martin geeson in hazelmere surrey